And um, we're going to get right into the word because I feel like I have a lot of things that the Holy Spirit laid on my heart to say. But we're going to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 6, beginning with that ninth verse, and we're going to move down through the Lord's Prayer and continue where we left off. So Matthew, chapter 6, verse number 9. Matthew, chapter 6, and verse number 9. And of course, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. And Jesus says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive us. Our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I'm going to stop reading right there this morning. Ask you just briefly to bow your heads. Let's pray together and ask the Lord for his help in ministering the word. Father, I'm grateful for the opportunity that you have blessed me with to be able to share your word. Thank you for these that have come this morning and for those that will be watching on online. I just ask today, Father, that you will let the anointing of the Holy Spirit empower your word. I readily confess in my own ability I am inadequate, but I pray that you will touch me and that you will anoint me and that you will allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to empower what is spoken. Give me utterance to impart what you have placed upon my heart today. I pray that everything that is said and everything that is done will be done to glorify Jesus and edify your church. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit would speak to our heart. Have your way. Give me liberty in the house of the Lord. I pray that you would give me unction anointing, ability, in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement with that prayer said amen. amen. So we have been doing a series on the Lord's Prayer, and the title of the main, or the main title is Teach Us to Pray, and I've been kind of giving each message a subtitle. This morning, part three, I want to title, Prayer is About Reigning and Resigning. Reigning or ruling and resigning. We're going to continue to look at the Lord's Prayer, and here in our text, the disciples have requested of Jesus that he would teach them to pray. And I will just quickly remind you, as I have said in previous messages, that this prayer is not something, it's not a magical formula to be prayed in every situation or over every need, but rather the, the prayer that Jesus taught was a pattern. He's laying down some certain principles, a structure of principles. It is a framework for which all of our prayers should be based it reveals to us a pattern in which we can approach the throne of God in prayer. It sets straight once and for all how we are to draw near unto God. When we pray, 
our Father. It reminds us that God is our Father, and it reminds us that we have been spiritually birthed by the blood of Jesus into a cherished relationship with God. It reminds us that we are his children. It reminds us that we are his children, and Jesus begins the prayer by teaching us that we are a part of the family of God. The first message that I preached to you was about resting in that relationship. Successful prayer starts by remembering who we are in him. Successful prayer begins with a confidence that our God is a loving father and that we have been brought into a personal relationship whereby we are welcomed into his presence. Now that, that's really profound. We are welcomed into his presence. When we pray who art, it, it reminds us that he is a reality. I quoted last week Hebrews 11 and 6. The Bible says that without faith it is impossible to please God. And he that comes to God must first believe that he is. When we pray who are, it reminds us that he is a reality. He's not a figment of our imagination. Amen. When we come to God, we must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When we pray who art, we recognize that he is, he has always been, and he always will be. He is God from everlasting to everlasting. When we pray in heaven, we are reminded of a superior dimension in which he dwells. When we pray the words in heaven, it helps us to understand that he is not of this world. Amen. When we pray the words in heaven, it helps us to understand that we are limited and we are restricted, but he is not. The Bible said that he is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ask or that we could think. So I just tell you this morning, when we pray in heaven, it reminds us that his thoughts and his ways are higher than our thoughts and our ways. Isaiah chapter 55, verse number 8 through verse number 9. This is what it says. The prophet is speaking. God is saying, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither your ways, my ways, saith the Lord. He goes on to say, for as far as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. He dwells in a different dimension. And when we are given the privilege and the responsibility of prayer, amen, we come into the very presence of God. When we pray, we, our Father, which art in heaven, we're reminded of his complete and supreme sovereignty. When we pray, hallowed be thy name, we remember that he is absolutely and completely holy, holy, holy. Not just holy, but he's thrice holy. The Bible said day and night, the angels and the seraphim are gathered around his throne crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. 
So when we pray, hallowed be thy name, we are reminded that he is to be revered, respected, and unconditionally honored. Amen. We are to approach him with reverence in our heart. As we continue to move through each phrase of the Lord's Prayer this morning, I hope that you can see that this prayer is building one precept upon another. It's a foundation. It is building one concept or one principle upon another. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He's teaching us to recognize our relationship and to recognize who he is and to reverence him for who he is. And so we come to verse number 10. We have endeavored to cover verse number 9, and we come now to verse 10, and that is going to be the focus of our service this morning. Jesus says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is in heaven, in earth as it is in heaven. And this morning, I want us to consider the magnitude of those few simple words. And title the message, Prayer is About Reigning and Resigning. When we come to that verse, we pray, Thy kingdom come. It helps us to understand that prayer is about reigning and ruling. Jesus is teaching us that prayer is about the rule of God's kingdom, reigning both in this world and in our lives. When we pray thy will be done, we're asking God for his perfect will to be accomplished in both this earth and in our heart. When we pray thy will be done, we are acknowledging our need for his authority and for his influence to be a reality in our lives. Beloved, I want to share with you three things this morning that the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. I've, I've never preached on this particular text in this particular way. But I want you to see this morning that, amen, the Holy Spirit has spoke to my heart about three different things. Uh, uh, and it's just four words, thy will be done. But in reality, those simple words have a multifaceted meaning. And it is that multifaceted meaning that I want to share with you. First, the petition is a prophetic prayer. First of all, thy kingdom come. It is a prophetic prayer. It is a prophetic utterance. So the initial meaning is a, of a prophetic nature and it deals with the future coming of the kingdom of our God. Pastor Gary, what do you mean? What I'm saying is that scripture makes it abundantly clear that there is coming a day when Christ will set up his kingdom upon this earth. What I'm saying is that scripture makes it clear that there is coming a day when the kingdom of God will rule upon planet earth. Literally, the Bible teaches that ultimately one day all of the kingdoms of this world are going to fall and he is going to set up his kingdom and of his kingdom there will be no end. Hmm. 
Let me share some scriptures with you. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and verse 7. And you thought these were just about Christmas. But Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and verse 7, this is what it says. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Listen. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Of his government and his peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it, establish it with judgment and justice from this time forward and forevermore, the seal of the Lord of hosts shall perform it. Daniel chapter 2 and verse number 44, the Bible says, In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to others, but it shall break in pieces and consume all of the kingdoms of this world and of his kingdom. It shall stand forever. Mm. Luke chapter 1 verse 30. And again, you thought this was just about Christmas. And the angel said unto Mary, fear not, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give him the throne of his father David. Hmm. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Beloved, when we pray thy kingdom come. We are expressing a desire for the literal kingdom of God to come in all of its glory, in all of its power, and manifest itself upon this earth. When we pray thy kingdom come, we are literally pray, praying for the millennial and eternal reign of our God. When we pray thy kingdom come, we are praying for his righteousness and his glory to fill all of the earth. The Bible said in Revelation, Revelation 11 and 15, the angel sounded a trumpet and there were voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and his reign shall be forever and forever. My prayer this morning, our prayer this morning needs to be, oh God, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Let me remind you this morning that in that kingdom, there will be no more war and no more conflict. 
Because the Bible says in Isaiah 2 and 4, amen, the judge, he shall judge the nation and shall rebuke many and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks and nation shall not lift up nation against nation anymore. Neither shall they learn war anymore. In that kingdom, there will be no discrimination and no disparity in his kingdom. There will be no more injustice and inequality in his kingdom. There will be righteousness and virtue. It will replace sin and ungodliness in his kingdom. Morality and decency and integrity will rule over the whole earth. My prayer, your prayer should be, oh God, let thy kingdom come. Hallelujah. When we pray, thy kingdom come, we are asking God to fulfill his promise being established in this planet earth. We are praying a prophetic promise. We are praying for a prophetic promise to come to pass. We are praying a prophetic petition before the Lord. Secondly, when we pray thy kingdom come, secondly, the meaning behind those words, they have a personal application. They have a personal application. I submit that just as we are to be praying for the appearance of his future kingdom in this world, we are also to be praying for his kingdom to be realized in our own lives. Look at the phrase a little more closely, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come, just three words, thy kingdom come. Kingdom means rule, reign, kingship, lordship. We're familiar with all of those terms. Thy kingdom come. But what I want to point out to you is that in the Greek, from which our Bibles were translated, in the Greek, when it says thy kingdom come, it is an imperative verb, which means that it is said with a sense of forcefulness. It is said in the emphatic. It is said without, or, or it is said with an, an instantaneous idea. It's, it, it, it's said to be insistent, if you will, forcefully, meaning that it could be translated, thy kingdom, let it happen now. Thy kingdom, let it happen at this moment. Thy kingdom, let it happen straightway. Let it happen immediately. Let it happen instantly. Let it happen at this present time, right now. It's not just about the future, but he's asking us to pray. Amen. Thy kingdom come. Let it happen in me right now. I'm not just waiting for the sweet by and by, but I want your kingdom to come right now in me. Thy kingdom come. In me, it expresses a desire for God's immediate leadership and control to happen right now in our lives. It expresses a desire for God's immediate guidance and his immediate management is, amen, his immediate leadership to happen in us right this moment. It expresses a desire for his jurisdiction, amen, and his, uh, amen, righteousness to become a reality right now within our hearts. Hmm. 
Yes, the physical kingdom of God is going to come. But, but, it, but, but he's also saying, Lord, let it happen in me right now. Thy kingdom come right now. You be the Lord of my life. When we pray thy kingdom come, we're asking for, amen, for him to bring us under the dominion and the leadership of his sovereign rule. We're asking him to be God in us. We're asking him to be the leader of our life. We're asking him to take control. How many of you like to be in control? I think that's why he's reminding us to pray, thy kingdom come. I want you to be in control. I want you to be in control. When we pray, thy kingdom come, we are pledging our allegiance and our alliance with the kingdom of God. What we need to understand, beloved, spiritually, is that there are only two kingdoms. There is the kingdom of God and there is the kingdom of Satan. There is the kingdom of darkness and there is the kingdom of his dear son. And we are either in one camp or the other. There is no such thing as the middle. You are either his or you belong to Satan. You are, he is either your father or Satan is your father. We are either his children and in his kingdom or we are the children of the devil and in the kingdom of darkness. There is no middle ground. And what he's teaching us to pray is thy kingdom come. Lord, I want your kingdom to come in my heart. Jesus said you are either for me or you are against me. And I know there are a lot of people that don't like that kind of preaching because they want a Jesus that they can mold to their image. But I'm just going to tell you right up front this morning, if you want the Jesus of the Bible, you surrender to him. He doesn't surrender to you. Hello? Amen. We daily should be praying thy kingdom come. God, I want to be a part of the kingdom of light. I want to be a part of the kingdom of God. I want to pray daily, Father, let your kingdom come in me. Let your kingdom, oh God, come in my heart. I can't get swept away with all of the things that are going on in this country on planet earth. I can't get caught up in all of the things of this world because these kingdoms is not where my heart is. Amen. I'm telling you this morning, the kingdom that consumes me is not this world, but the kingdom that consumes me is the kingdom of my Father who art in heaven. Amen. Kingdoms in this world are going to rise and fall, but that kingdom, of that kingdom, there will be no end. Egypt was once a mighty power. Many, 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 many years ago. Syria was once a mighty power and it fell. Babylon was once a mighty power and they fell to the Medo-Persians. The Medo-Persians were a great power and they fell to the Grecian Empire. The Grecian Empire was magnificent and powerful, but they fell to the Roman Empire. Hello? You hear what I'm saying? Kingdoms come and kingdoms go. 
History records that there were probably at least about 22 great civilizations of the world that have come and gone. They have come and vanished. Amen. History can sum it up like this in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse number 34. It says righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach unto any people. What I'm saying is kingdoms come and kingdoms go. Amen. But the kingdom of our God, it will stand forever. And that's the kingdom that I want to be a part of. Father, your kingdom, that is where my allegiance is. Your kingdom, that's what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom, that is the kingdom, amen, the kingdom that consumes me. The kingdom of God, that's the kingdom that captures my heart. That's the kingdom that drives my passion. This world is not our home, but the Bible teaches that we are just pilgrims passing through a land looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Mm, hallelujah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have me, uh, myself a rapture drill in a minute here. <laughs> hallelujah. What I'm saying this morning is that he's asking us to pray thy kingdom come. Let it come in me. When we pray thy kingdom come, we are, in, we are expressing a desire to see his work, his word, and his will accomplished in this world and in us. It is a prophetic prayer. It is a personal prayer. And thirdly, the thing that the Holy Spirit placed upon my heart. Thirdly, the, th the third meaning that is behind those words that I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart about is when we pray thy kingdom come, it has to do with a desire for the culture of the kingdom. Now let that sink in for just a minute. When we pray thy kingdom come, it has something to do with a desire for the culture of the kingdom. How many of you have ever visited a foreign country? I used to travel to California often and people would go. <laughs> people would say, have you ever traveled out of the country? I go, I, I go to California all the time. <laughs> If you have ever visited a foreign country, they had a different currency. They had a different language. They had different cuisine. They had different traditions and customs and different ethnicities and different practices. It was a different culture than what we are accustomed to. You hear what I'm saying? And when we pray, thy kingdom come, we are praying. We are praying for God to, to allow the culture of his kingdom to abide in us. Thy kingdom come. I want to be a part of your culture. I want to be a, I want to eat your cuisine. I want to speak your language. I want your currency to be my currency. I want your traditions to be my tradition. I want your customs to be my custom. We're praying, amen, for the culture of the kingdom to be manifest in our life. Amen. We're praying for the culture of the kingdom. And you may ask yourself the question, Pastor Gary, what is the culture of his kingdom? I'm glad you asked. 
First of all, this verse tells us that God's perfect will is being done in heaven right now. It says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. As it is right now, it is being done in heaven. As it is in heaven. So this verse tells us that God's perfect will is being done right now in heaven. It's being carried out completely, consistently, and constantly. Right now, it's being carried out without complaint, without reluctance, without murmuring, but it's being carried out with joy, love, and complete unity in heaven. And I submit to you this morning that that is the culture of the kingdom. When we pray thy kingdom come, we are asking God to help us to walk in the culture of the kingdom. We're asking God to help us to walk in a spirit of love and a spirit of joy. Amen. Love that passes all understanding, peace that passes all understanding, joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. You hear what I'm saying? When we, amen, when we pray, thy kingdom come, we're praying and asking God to help us to walk in forgiveness and forbearance. When we pray and ask God for the kingdom to come and his culture of the kingdom to be manifest in our heart, we're praying that God will allow us to walk in unity and kindness and gentleness and meekness and long-suffering. Amen. All of those wonderful fruits of the Spirit. That's the kingdom of the culture or the culture of the kingdom. Galatians 5 and 22 says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections or the, the affections of the flesh and the, and the lusts of the flesh. And then he says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. If we live in the spirit, then let the culture of the kingdom be manifest in your everyday life, in your walk, in your everyday life. The fruit of the Spirit, that is the culture of the kingdom. Paul says in Romans chapter 14 and verse number 17, Paul says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. What is it? He says, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. In other words, that is the culture of the kingdom, walking in love. Walking in joy, walking in long-suffering, walking in forgiveness, walking in unity, walking in kindness. And when we pray, thy kingdom come, we are praying, God, let the culture of your kingdom be manifest in my life. Let it be a reality in my, not later, but right now. Let the culture of your kingdom come into my heart. So when we pray thy kingdom come, we are praying a threefold petition before the Lord. And then I'm going to move on to the next phrase in that verse. Thy will be done. So the first few words, thy kingdom come, they are speaking of reigning and ruling. 
when we get to the second set of words, thy will be done, we're talking about resigning. Not reigning, but resigning. Relinquishing. Relinquishing our will for his will. Submitting our agenda to his agenda. When we pray thy will be done, it helps us to understand that prayer is about resigning, submitting, allowing his will to take place over our will. In other words, we are saying, Lord, help me to submit my will for your will. Help me to set aside my agenda and embrace your plan. Many of you that, that you know, have been here for some time, you know that I was raised in church, learned how to play music in church. And then when I got old enough, I decided that I wanted to set out and become a musician or become a musical entertainer. And I chased that for some years, traveled all over the country with a group called Gary White and the Countrymen. Country, country rock, you know. And I was chasing my agenda. I was chasing my thing, what I wanted. And then one day, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. I had a little bit of notoriety. I had been offered a record contract. I was, I was rubbing shoulders with the right people. We were, you know, doing front shows with, you know, like old-time old music, you know, entertainers. Farron Young, Tommy Overstreet, Terry Gibbs, and... We were rubbing shoulders with all the right kind of people, and people were, you know, patting you on the back, going, "Hey, you, hang on there, you're paying your dues, you're gonna go somewhere." And one day, we had just finished a show in Grand Junction, Colorado, and my wife and I were coming home, and I'm trying to find something to listen to on the radio station, and they were playing gospel music, and I thought I would listen for a little while, and the longer I listened, the more the Holy Spirit began to speak to my heart. And God said, you've went your way long enough. Are you happy? You got some notoriety. You got a little bit of money. You got what some folks might call success. Are you happy? And I had to confess to the Lord that no, I wasn't. There was something missing in here. And he said, if you'll come and follow me, if you will come and follow me, I will give you a drink of living water that'll cause you to never thirst again. I pulled over somewhere between Jerome and Mountain Home on the side of I-84 with tears running down my face, and I called upon the name of the Lord. And I said, if you'll come into my heart, I'll never go back to any of that ever. And he came into my heart. And that day, I submitted my will to his will. And I surrendered my plans to his plans. And I can tell you of a surety right now, I have never regretted one day of it. When we come to that phrase, thy will be done, we are saying, Lord, help me to submit my will to your will and help me to set aside my agenda and my plans. Help me to, amen, be completely and perfectly found in the will of God. 
when we pray, thy will be done, we're saying, Lord, take my life and conform it to your word and conform it to your will. When I was a child growing up in church, we used to sing a little chorus that said, Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, and I am the clay. Mold me and make me after your will, while I am waiting, yielded and still. That's what he's asking for. When, he, when we pray, thy will be done, he's asking us to remember that we are to submit our ways for his ways, our plans for his plans, our way for his way, our plans for his plans. We're praying, when we pray, Father, thy will be done, we're praying, Father, make us more like you. We're praying, Father, help me to carry out your will in this world cheerfully, completely, and constantly. Let my attitude, amen, be the attitude of the kingdom. Let my heart, amen, be the heart of the kingdom. Let your culture be manifest in me. Let your will be my will. Thy will be done. Jesus prayed these words in the garden in Luke chapter 22 and verse 44. In the garden, he, the Bible said that he prayed so earnestly that his sweat became, as it were, great drops of blood. And this is what he prayed. If it be possible, if there is any other way, if there is any other way for you to redeem mankind, without me having to go to the cross, then, Father, let this cup pass from me. And then this is what he prayed. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. It's about resigning. You have been bought with a price. You are not your own. You do not belong to you. You belong to God. Hello? You are his. And he is just simply reminding us to say, Lord, I submit to your plans. I submit to your will. I submit my life to you. Amen. This morning, that prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It reminds us that it is a prophetic prayer. It is a personal prayer. It is a prayer for the culture of the kingdom. And it is a prayer that reminds us that we are to resign our will for his will. I'm going to close here this morning. Will you please bow your heads? Our prayer should be, our prayer should be, Thy kingdom come. This morning, our prayer should be, Thy kingdom come right now. Right now, Lord, let your kingdom come in me. Let your will be done in me. Let your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Are we committed to his kingdom? Are we walking in kingdom culture? Are we allowing him to reign right now in our hearts and in our lives? And are we resigning and submitting our will to his will? He is our king. He is our, 
he is our lordship. He is the one that rules and reigns and has dominion. Is he really our king? Or are we still trying to call the shots ourselves? This morning, I just want you to bow your heads and I want you to begin to pray. Lord, I want your will to be manifest in my life. I want the culture of your kingdom to be evident in me. I want the culture of your kingdom to be manifest in my life. I want to speak like a Christian, act like a Christian, walk like a Christian. I want that culture to be so strong in me that it's completely different from the rest of the world. This is not my home. Heaven is my home. Heaven is my home. I want to resign my will for your will. If you can pray that with a clean heart, knowing that you are striving to bring it about, that's wonderful. But maybe you're here this morning and you can't pray that prayer in good conscience, knowing that you have not allowed him to take complete reign of your life, that you have not completely submitted some areas of your life to him, then fix that today and acknowledge that to him before we leave. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We've prayed in the mighty name of our Savior, Jesus. Bring revelation to our heart today, Lord. In Jesus' name, heads bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you would be willing to slip up a hand and say, Pastor Gary, I needed to hear this message because there's some areas in my life I haven't submitted and there's some places in me that, you know, I haven't gotten. God sees hands going up all over the building here. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I'm not saying that you're not a child of God. What I'm saying is if there's some areas of your life that you've not allowed him to have complete access to or com complete control of, then just let him know I want you to take control of that area as well. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in me. In Jesus' name, hands have been lifted. Stand to your feet. Father, in Jesus' name, every hand that has been lifted here this morning, I ask you, O oh God, to allow the manifestation of the Holy Spirit to move across their heart this morning in such a way that they realize and they know and they recognize that they have touched the throne of God. And the kingdom culture is coming to their heart. The kingdom is coming to their heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Touch every heart and every life. Amen and amen. Come and say.